Fluffy and Fizzy Sports Lounge is a member of the Pulse Podcast Network. For easy listening of this and other great podcasts, download the Pulse Podcast Network app free from your app store. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Drew Fluffy Coates. And Philip Fizzy Barton. And welcome to Fluffy and Fizzy Sports Lounge. How are you feeling today, Barton? Doing good, man. It's uh, It's cold. Yeah. Where the, where the hell did this come from all of a sudden? Yeah, all of a sudden it's winter now? Jeez. Yeah. You know, you know, we're almost in February and all of a sudden winter decided to hit. So but um if you're new to the program, we talk about three things on this podcast. We talk about beer, cigars, some mostly good old college football, but you know, we're kind of branching off of that now with the season ending and you know, football season ending all the way here after this weekend. So it's a sad time of year this for us. It is. Really uh one one big football game left to go. And it's the most exciting game to watch, but it's also, the kind of, in a way, it's the most depressing. <laughs> it's the most depressing game because, you know, once this game's over, it's really over. Yeah, then begins that long, that long trek back towards uh, August. Yeah, we got seven months until then, so, you know. Yeah. It's well, so sad that, you know, football well, season we'll, is we'll only. Have some, we'll have some spring ball yeah. tie, tie this over at least through – through around April or so. So, but you know, I, but so I, you're going to talk about that. So it doesn't mean you're going to talk about arena football too. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to go that far. But, yeah. but we're going to start, we're going to kick things off with the show with the beer. Uh, we usually, uh, on our show, we usually talk about different craft beers that we're trying out or, you know, you know, some just regular beers. Last week you were drinking Natty Light. but you Yeah, really that, was, that, was, that wasn't the beer I talked about. <laughs> So why don't you go ahead and tell us what the beer you're drinking today? Uh, I'm drinking a beer from Highland Brewing in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, if you're not familiar with Asheville, it's kind of one of the meccas for craft beer and breweries and things like that. It's a ton of them up there. But this is a, a Gaelic ale, um, pretty malty. Not You can taste the hops, but they don't overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. Um but all in all, pretty good beer. That's uh, it, it. I think it's. I think it's basically. It says it's a Gaelic ale, but I think it's pretty much like an amber ale. Like yeah. from, the, from the description I read, it's like you know deep red color and all that good stuff. So I think it's pretty much an amber ale. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm drinking a beer from uh, the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company out, up here in Lexington, Virginia. I'm drinking their Vienna Lager, and I'm a big lager person, like, this time of year. Like, my favorite beer at Young Vets is actually a lager. And it's one of those beers, mm-hmm. like, it's not super heavy, but it's not super light either. Like, it's, you know, if you like a beer that's, like, somewhere in the middle, that, that lagers are your t- tends to be where you go at. Kind of mm-hmm. like, like a Yingling, you know. Yingling is, you know, the oldest brewery in the country. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this Vienna Lager, that Devil Backbone has is actually really smooth um a little nutty flavor to it though yeah uh, which is kind of cool which kind of almost reminds you of almost like a stout kind of or like mm-hmm. a porter but or like or even just a brown ale yeah but uh, as far as like lagers goes it's got very con- good consistent flavor and it's, a, it's one of the better uh bigger breweries up here in virginia um it's actually i think they mass produce almost all around the country so you if you're if you're anywhere outside of like you know, South Carolina, Virginia area, listen to our show. Uh, there's probably a good chance you could probably see these in the store somewhere. So we're mm-hmm. going with that. We got the beers. Let's go ahead. What kind of cigar are you going to pair with the beer today? Um, I'm going to go with a Ashton VSG in a Robusto. Um, it's Nicaraguan sun-grown wrapper. 
It's a Dominican cigar, so it has Dominican binder fillers. Um, it's it's a it's a strong cigar. Now, it's a very full bodied cigar, mm-hmm. but it, it it doesn't overwhelm you. It's uh, it you know it's it's got a good flavor. Um, the, the rating on it's a ninety four, which is absolutely awesome. You know, and and I tend to agree with it. It's a very good cigar. Actually, yeah. pairs very well with Amberells, which is kind of the reason as I was. I was researching, you know, I had the beer that I had and I was like, well, I wonder what cigar would go good with this. And, uh, mm-hmm. I actually stumbled across this cigar and went and picked up a stick and, uh, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to it. I don't, I'm, I don't know if I get to smoke it today because it's, yeah. it's kind of chilly outside, but it's, I, a, it's a lot chilly outside, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, to pairing that cigar with, you know, with, with some kind of amber ale. All right. Well, you're drinking, Eric, you're smoking that. I'm going with uh, a cigar called My Father, Flora de Las Antillas. Mm. My father, good, yeah. My father makes really good cigars. Very good beer. I'm looking at the ratings and everything. Everybody, It's got five-star ratings yeah. <laughs> all across the board. <laughs> um, as, far as, as far as taste goes, very mild, not, not super bitter, not extreme, like, not super light either. Like it's going to be right there. Pro- probably where, I, where me in general, I, as a cigar smoker, I like to be at. Because I like that little bit of bitterness, but I still want to be able to taste the cigar taste. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So. I, I tend to be that same way. Um, something right in the middle. You don't want something that's too light that you know tastes like you're not smoking anything, but at the same yeah. time, you don't want something that just kind of overwhelms you. Well, what I what I get what happens with me whenever I, every week when I smoke cigars that next that morning after I'm still tasting it for episode. oh oh yeah doesn't matter yeah. how many times you brush <laughs> yeah. your teeth afterwards you're, you're you got to kind of like find something like garlicky or something to kind of get rid of that flavor for a little bit. Yeah. But the cigar is actually, you know, fair, on the fairly cheap side, about it's gonna, for a five pack, it's about 37 bucks. So oh, yeah, that's... like do the, do the math. It's about $7, seven, $8 <laughs> cigar. So yeah. as far as that's concerned, like very reasonably priced for a cigar, you know, probably, and it's full size. It's going to let you, it's going to burn for a couple hours mm-hmm. at least. So unless you're like super like puffing it. You know, <laughs> yeah, which, you know, if you, if you smoke one a day, that's what you have to do. Well, yeah. You go well, outside and make yourself throw up. <laughs> it's like, well, thank God we live on the East Coast and not the Midwest. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's bad when Wisconsin is shutting down bars. Yeah, that's pretty rough there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the drunkest state is shutting down bars. Yeah. There's an, <laughs> that's how cold it is. And that, yeah, that's when you know there's an issue. Like when, when Wisconsin starts shutting down bars, you know, you got a problem. It's like minus... <laughs> Looking at the forecast in Green Bay, it says it's like minus twenty degrees. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> modest. <laughs> modest, modest. But you know, we got the beer, we got the cigars. Let's get into it. It is, you know, the weekend. Every team wants every, and whether you're a college fan or a pro fan, like everybody loves Super Bowl Sunday. It's probably it's it needs to be a national holiday. At least a Monday should, after. Yeah, everyone should Monday get Monday after. off. Yeah, well, I got Monday off, so you know. I'll be, uh, all right. well, good, for, good, good for you. <laughs> well, you should you should have stayed in with me, bud. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but um, we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl here in a bit. We're gonna go with we're gonna go straight into our hot takes or clickbaits this week. You know, give you guys a little teaser before we start putting our input on the Super Bowl. You know. <laughs> so you go ahead with your first quote and tell me if it's, and uh, I'll let you, I'll ask. I'll say if it's either a hot take or a clickbait. Okay, this one is from uh, um, this is from an uh, he he's not a he's not a ESPN personality, but he was on the Paul Feinbaum show. He was a guest on there, and uh, 
it's about Tennessee athletics. Now, I agree with the basketball part, but what, uh-huh. I, want, what I want you to tell me is a hot take is the football part. Okay. Okay, so he says, Tennessee can win a national championship in basketball this year. They aren't, they aren't winning a football championship again in my lifetime, so enjoy this chance you have to win one in basketball. See, I don't believe that. Like, everybody, like, obviously they're, like, seeing Alabama, but, you know, dynasties do end. Like, Alabama's dynasty will end eventually. I don't know when, but it's going to happen eventually. Just like this New England Patriots dynasty is going to end. They, they don't last forever. Mm-hmm. And I like, I was saying all year, I like the hire of Jeremy Pruitt as mm-hmm. their head ball coach. And they showed a lot. They didn't have a whole lot of talent, but they still, you know, ups- didn't they beat LSU or Auburn? They beat Auburn this year. Yeah. And um, they they looked really competitive. They looked a lot better than they did all of last year. They looked like a totally different team. I don't know if they're going to win a national title chip in our lifetime, but I could see it happening down the road. And all it takes is one good coach. And I think they might have a good good coach in Jeremy Pruitt. All honestly, well, uh, good. I mean, <laughs> if it's not in our lifetime, then I'm not sure it's going to happen again. Because I'd like to think I got at least a good forty years left in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that is really low. Yeah. I mean, that puts me in the mid-70s, so, I mean, I at least think I'm going to get that far. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't think it's so much of a clickbait. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's so much clickbait. Um, Tennessee, they they only had the one. They live mm-hmm. off that. They're like Dallas Cowboy fans living in the past off that And they somehow they think Peyton Manning won on that one. Yeah, but – they forget it was old T. Martin, <laughs> yeah. but Peerless Price. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, they have the one, and for some reason they have this mindset that they belong up there. When you start talking about Alabamas and 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 these traditional powers, they're not there yet. Yeah, they, we, we need to be. Hey, us, we won one, you know, twenty whatever years ago. But I'm but, still waiting for Wisconsin in my lifetime. That's oh, uh, well, I mean, South Carolina's never going to win one, so I've already, <laughs> I've, already, I've already come to terms with that. But, uh, but but Tennessee has like a story tradition, and they play in the SEC, and it's not far off for you guys either. Like you guys, if you guys, it all depends is the coach. It's very if it's very historic, you know. Our coach is it, Will Muschamp. Well, not talking about you. I'm talking about Tennessee <laughs> right now. But all it takes is, like, one good coach and a couple years of good, good solid recruiting, you know, get because, you know, nobody thought, you know, Dabo was going to do this with Clemson. Nobody saw this. No, I, I agree. I, I think the Tennessee's going to get back to be very good, but I, I don't know. This, it's because they've recruited well. I mean, I get, I get it comes down to the coach, you know, but it wasn't like Butch Jones left that roster completely bare. I mean, he had good recruits. Now, yeah. he just didn't. He didn't use them, right? Because clearly yeah. Alvin Kamara was third string running back. But <laughs> well, you had guys like Adrian Foster there too, like really talented guys in the NFL, like coming out of you know Tennessee, and then all of a sudden, like they explode in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like they were like very. It, it, they had they they still have talent there. It's just whether it's being utilized or whatnot. So I'm gonna say in the co- that was say- oh I forgot to tell you who that was that was uh Matt Jones from. Kentucky Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. He said that on his appearance on the Paul Feinbaum show. Okay. So. The Paul Alabama show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go on with mine. Uh, this is from ESPN. Uh, one of the columnists there, they did an article. 
Uh, he said, for any other team, the turnover on defense would be a huge red flag, but not for Clemson. Mm. That's 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 hot take. They've yeah. re- they've recruited so well. I mean, they have, you know, they they have Xavier, Xavier Thomas, KJ Henry. I mean, they they have four or five star guys coming in that have got playing time. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, Clemson does one of the best jobs I think I've ever seen of getting freshmen quality playing time. I'm not talking mop-up duty when they're up 50 points in the fourth oh, quarter. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're out legit there. Legit playing time. Yeah, they're out there on crucial third downs in, in games in the first quarter, you know, so. Uh, them, them in Alabama and even Florida back when Urban Meyer was there have been really – those are, those are some of the best recruiting jobs I've seen in, since I've been watching football since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I don't think – they may take a little bit of a step back just, but just I, I because you, you are losing three probably first-rounders or at least three draft picks off the defensive line. So, you, mm-hmm. you may take a little bit of a step back, but it won't be much. Yeah. All right, so go ahead with your second one. All right, I heard this one this morning. Um, if you want me to put it in some more context, I will, but I'm just going to roll with the strict quote right now. Uh-huh. Tom, Tom Brady is the loat, L-O-A-T, luckiest of all time. Yeah, that's that's clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> I have arguments with people like this every single day that he's a system quarterback. I'm like, he's probably, outside of Peyton Manning, he's probably one of the smartest quarterbacks. Actually, well, I, sometimes I think he's even smarter than Well, like, system, system quarterback, that's like, to me, that's like the worst excuse to use for a like, really good quarterback. Like, then, te- then, technically, you're all system quarterbacks. Well, then, Joe, all, Montana, then yeah. Joe Montana was a system quarterback. Like, yeah, I mean, they're all system quarterbacks. I mean, Every player out there plays in a system. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's a system wide receiver. I mean, yeah. he plays. Every player plays in a system. Yeah. So I, whoever said that is it, frankly just an it idiot. Was, it was just... Rob, it was Rob Parker on uh, Fox Sports. No. Yeah. He. Rob, it, Rob Parker is taking notes from freaking uh, Skip Bayless. <laughs> basically, what what the context was? He was talking about how basically playing in the AFC least, as he was calling it, uh, has benefited uh, the Patriots and benefited Tom Brady. And then he went on to say that every time Tom Brady looks human – now, he wasn't saying Tom Brady wasn't a good quarterback, but he was Mm -hmm. saying every time Tom Brady does look human, uh, he always gets bailed out by either the team that he's playing against makes a mistake or he gets a call or something like that. But – yeah, I'm gonna do it. Rob Parker's a smuck. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady is the goat, not the loat. <laughs> well, see, here's my thing with that: is that they, you can't blame Tom Brady for playing in a crappy division. You know, it's not his fault that his division is crap every single year. Well, and people talk about you know the comparison with him and like what Joe Montana had to play. The the NFC West back in the day was very garbage too. They had the Saints the Rams when they weren't really all that great. They had Eric Dickerson, sure, back in that. But they weren't like, you know, they would have a, a great year and then, you know, teeter off. And then you had the Falcons. and Like, they didn't play in the toughest division either. Their biggest rivalry in the 80s was the Cowboys. Who they would only <laughs> see in the freaking playoffs. Well, here, you know, here's my thing. You, you're blaming the division, but that's six games a year. Yeah. That's only six games a year. Yeah. What about the other games? What about the other ten games they play? Mm-hmm. Like, and I not mean, the Met. You don't get the nine Super Bowls. Yeah, without being you know, just lucky. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's clickbait. 
That is super clickbait. <laughs> you know, they want to talk about his Super Bowl wins. He had the, his first Super Bowl win was against a potential dynasty in the St. Louis Rams. Yeah. They were the greatest show on turf. And, yeah, Bill Belichick had a great offensive scheme, but he, but he still had to lead a game-winning drive at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So where is all this like, – I don't know where all this hater comes from. Like, yeah, sure, there might be some cheating well, involved. But, yeah, but yeah, every, if, as long as there is ever going to be sports – Anybody is going to look for an advantage. Well, it that's that's American mentality, really. Oh, yeah. Especially in the sports world, people people don't like to see people do good for too long. That's why it Alabama's such a hated. Oh yeah, because they win. New England, Golden State. I mean, you name it. T- teams that have won for a while eventually become the enemy, and that's oh, all. Yeah. It is. it's that's just all it is. tired of seeing them winning. It's. I mean, you can't deny what they've done. Embrace it. You will never see it again. So, <laughs> well, speaking of angry fans, here's here's what my next quote is from, and I will I won't tell you who it's from until you like until uh, you ask. But here's a uh, here's the quote. I had one or two death threats. It hasn't affected me, in, in, or or I had to pay attention to it at all. Um, who? I mean, who's it about? Like, what's it? It's. No, it's from the. It's from a player. It's from a player. Um, is, I mean, is it the Chicago Bears kicker? No, it's a uh, Ruby Coleman. The oh, oh, the one that shot his mouth off this week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going with him on that one, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I I chose this quote in the meeting that fans are. This is just ridiculous for fans to even think of this. It's been two weeks. Stop crying already, first yeah, of all. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll just call it uh, – I mean, I'll call it, obviously, it's hot take because uh, yeah. fans do that, and it's – yeah, that's crazy to threaten somebody over a ball game like that. Yeah, it's just disrespect. Like It is. Just, like, I love sports. I love, I love my teams. I love the Packers. I love the Badgers. I don't care. But I'm not going to, you know, threaten somebody's life if my team loses. I will be mm-hmm. upset about it for a couple of minutes, all honestly. And yeah. that, you can say you can say I'm not a true fan, but I'm a true fan in this, in the realest sense of the world. Like I know my team is not destined to win every single year. Yeah, you know, that's, I, I'm the exact same way. I, yeah, I, South Carolina loses, which they lose a lot. So, <laughs> but, but I, it, I mean, sure, when the game's over for about the next hour, I'm mad. I'm frustrated or whatever, but I don't. I'm not gonna let it ruin my weekend. I'm not gonna be writing up the players. I'm not gonna be uh, same thing with the Panthers when they lose. You not know, gonna be I, writing up Congress. Yeah, or I'm anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna be calling up Ron Rivera saying you better hide your kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I, I I as a sports fan, it it's just sick. It's just it's just sickening seeing that fans take it level. Like mm-hmm. all he did was just try to make a play. If he yeah. Was, and, and here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing is, if it was on the other side of the spectrum, and that was your player, and he did that, you wouldn't say any, you wouldn't say anything about it. You'd be like, "Oh, good play," you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, and that's a, and that's the sad fact. Like, they don't they don't think about what they're like, what's going on in the field. They just see that it, they're just uh, obsessed with the moment and everything. And it's just so uh Fans like that just need to be gone or put in jail or something. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm a, before we move into the Super Bowl uh, breakdown, uh, just a reminder, if you enjoy playing Daily Fantasy, download that Daily uh, that Thrive Fantasy app. 
Uh, they got a huge tournament going on this weekend, win a bunch of money for the Super Bowl, a lot of prop bets and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. If you use promo code ThrivePulse2, they'll double that first deposit. That's uh, ThrivePulse, it's one word, and then the number two. Yeah, so you had to make that money. So That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right, so see we're going to get – See which receiver is going to have the most yards and things like that. <laughs> so we're going to get into the game here. You know, it's the game. Every mm-hmm. year, it's it doesn't matter. This is the type of year, you know, when women actually start getting to the, you know, not all women are like, we understand that not all women are, you know, super football fans. We get that. But this is like the one year, the time of year, they actually pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, you know, you and I have been on deployment. They treat it like a holiday on deployment for, you know, people who, who are, uh, you know, out out overseas and whatnot. Like, they will shut down like having fun, like they will make special meals, you know, mm-hmm. that's playing all day. The only good thing about not being, the, the thing that's, that I hate about it is that they still play those AFN commercials. Oh, yeah, you don't get to see the good commercials. You know, they play so those. If, you're, if you're ever deployed <laughs> and you're like thinking about, you're, watch, you're watching Super Bowl on deployment on AFN, good luck trying to find the watch, watch the commercial. You think that's like the best part of the Super Bowl, well, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah and then by the, time you, by the time you get back, all the new commercials aren't even playing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, I got some questions here. I want you to uh, answer before we actually get into the game. Okay. What was the first Super Bowl you ever remember watching, and what was your favorite Super Bowl to watch? Oh man, my first Super Bowl. Huh. I. It would have to be in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. One of those Buffalo Bills Super Bowls. That would put me, you know, not to, not to date myself, but that would probably put me around four or five years old. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, it would definitely have to be, uh, it would have to be one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite Super Bowls to watch, I mean, of course, even though we lost, would have to be my two that had the Panthers in them. Yeah. You know, uh, against New England and against Denver. They were disappointing, but – it was it was good to be able to watch your team play in a Super Bowl. That was yeah. that was a thrill to me. I mean, look at my sports teams, man. I don't get to see them play in championship games very often. <laughs> so. That's fair. That's fair. So my my first Super Bowl I ever remember watching is probably my, still one of my favorite Super Bowls to watch. It's not the one I'm picking for my favorite Super Bowl that I ever watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite, my first Super Bowl I remember was actually the year my Packers won. It was back in nine. I know, I remember the date too, January twenty sixth, nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> I don't can't tell you how I remember that. It just burned into my brain. You know, I had this is old Drew Bledsoe for the mm-hmm. for the Patriots back in the day. John Madden out. Uh, John Madden on the call with Pat Summerall, and the halftime show was actually pretty cool too. They had ZZ Top with James Brown. And then they had the Blues Brothers playing too. <laughs> I very underrated to me, very underrated as a halftime show. Let, let me tell you that. And then my favorite Super Bowl I ever watched, you know, from top to bottom, was probably the Patriots Seattle uh, Super Bowl because that yeah. was that was a back and forth affair. And Katy Perry on the halftime show was freaking awesome. That is very that's another underrated Super Bowl halftime show as well. Like. And I still, I'm still, I'm one of the very few people that am not. I I agree with Russell Wilson throwing it on on that uh, goal line stand play, because the receiver when he if you slow if you pause it at the point where he releases the ball, mm-hmm. he he is the receiver is wide open. Yeah, the guy the Malcolm Butler just made, just made one him, help. Yeah, he just he made, made 
people are going to, you know, smack talk, you know, the call and all that. I'm one of the very few people that said Russell Wilson is very cautious with the ball, for one. I mean, he, he is not, you know, out there, you know, just yeah. gunslinging it all the he, time. He wouldn't have threw that ball there if he didn't think the play was there to be made. Yeah. Like, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to force anything there. Like I said, I, I think I've posted this on my, on my social networking a couple of times that he is – when he throws it, it's open. It is, yeah. It's, that, that's game. That, that is game over. And then the huge fight afterwards after they picked it off was pretty awesome too. So, <laughs> don't, so we're going to get into the game. It's another Pat Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they got a new challenger this year. Yeah. We, uh, no, familiar challenger. Well, uh, you recently because there was there for a while. The Saints were crap. <laughs> I mean the the Rams, Rams. Were, yeah the Rams are crap yeah that yeah you're you're on the different dementia if you're thinking with the Saints are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, still, I still think they got the call man yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so what we're going to talk about here you know with the Super Bowl preview we're going to talk about an offensive player and defensive player from each team who can make an impact the matchup we want to watch and who the keys for you know for them to win the game and who we think is going to win the game. So go ahead with the two Patriot players you're going to watch offensively and defensively. Um, it, well, it's, it, it's not so much uh, – I'm going to do my matchup. I didn't really pick specific players to watch. Yeah, I'm just going to go with my matchups. Um, the one matchup that I'm watching, and, and I'll hit on this in a little bit when we start doing our keys, uh, Brandon Cooks playing this Pat secondary. Uh, mm-hmm. Stefan Gilmore in particular. Yeah. Because I assume that's who's probably going to be lined up on him most of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, this Pat secondary is not the best in the world. I mean, they're they're very mediocre. Um, they There's talent there, though. There, there's talent there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, they have some solid players, but they also gave up the 11th most passing yards throughout this season. <laughs> and and uh, Brandon Cooks, you know – I'm gonna be interested to see how how he's used, how if he can get open, see what uh see what he can do against against a you know a vulnerable secondary. They're not bad, but they're definitely they're not the best in the world. Yeah, um, the two Patriot players I'm gonna focus on. Uh, Ste- you already touched on Stephon Gilmore, mm-hmm. uh, your boy from South Carolina, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> yeah, so um, from Rock Hill. Yeah. Yeah, you're neck of the woods. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I want to see him not necessarily on Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks is mostly in the slot. I'm looking at him on Robert Woods. Robert Woods is Goff's big playmaker. Mm-hmm. And as overall, that's going to be my matchup to watch is the, those two because Gilmore is a very physical um, uh, quarterback. So, But Robert Woods is very quick at the start. So that's mm-hmm. going to be interesting if he can get off the jam, or you know, it's obviously going to go one for one pretty much the whole game. I was looking, so. at, I was looking at some stats. So Robert Woods has been pretty quiet so far this in the uh, playoffs. Playoffs, yeah. But you know, you know what that means. He's probably due. But the, <laughs> the offensive player I'm looking at for the Patriots is my boy James White. You know, uh, of course, yeah. One of the most. <laughs> I mean, he that dude just you know gets. I mean, yeah, Sony Michelle had a very productive game last week and was very credited with uh, how he played. But whenever they needed a first down run on third down, mm-hmm. and it was like third and six. That little that little guy, James White, would just find a way to get that. He had a nose for the first down, and he's done well in the last two Super Bowls. So I can only imagine he loves to play in the big-time game. So 
<laughs> so that's that's who I'm looking for for the Patriots. Now, what about the Rams? Rams? Um, so this next is going to be uh, two position groups. Okay. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm going out on any limb. I don't think I'm giving out any hot takes here when I say this. Uh, the Rams' defensive line versus the Patriots' offensive line. That is going to be a really good matchup that's, to watch. That's going to be a matchup to watch. Um, obviously, we know Indomitian Sue, Aaron Donald, those guys. But the Patriots' offensive line has played really, really well lately, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll just. I'm. I'm just going to be curious to see if they can. If they're going to give Tom Brady the time, open those running lanes, things of that nature, that's going to be when the Patriots have the ball, that's going to be the position group I'm watching. Yeah. Um, all right, so the two Rams players I'm, I'm focusing on. Uh, we touched on Brandon Cooks. We touched on uh, uh, Robert Woods. Uh-huh. But the guy I'm looking for at the Rams to make a play is Josh Reynolds. Uh-huh. You know, he, Since Cooper Cup went down, he has been very productive at the number three receiver. And in the playoffs, he's done outstanding as well. So he's been Goff's go-to receiver when they need a key play. Now, like I said, he's he might be up on Gilmore too. Mm-hmm. It all depends on the formation. But uh, I think he has a very, I think he's very capable of you know having a very big game for the for the Rams. Uh, as far as defensively goes, I put Corey Littleton at first, but now I'm thinking about the the, the defensive line. And I'm not going to go with Aaron Donald. I'm going to go with Ndamukong Suh because quite he's one of the better defensive tackles in the league. But he uh-huh. had a very quiet year this year. You know, he came over from Miami. You know, obviously, you know, he wasn't his productivity kind of went down in Miami. But I mean, and it kind of this year too. But in the playoffs, he's kind of just turned it on, man. Like, yeah, Donald gets a lot of the double teams, but you can't really double. You can't really slouch on Ndamukong Suh either. You can't. You got. You gotta keep attention to him as well. Like Aaron Donald is not the only one on in that interior line that it can cause mayhem. Nobody mm-hmm. too could do the same thing. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, that that defensive line that's gonna be that's gonna be something they're really gonna have to stop. Yeah. Because uh, if they don't, it could be could be a long evening. But yeah, I have a feeling they have something for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what what does New England need to do to win this ball game? <clears throat> okay, so the way I'm going to break this down here, I got uh, the keys for the Patriots offense, Rams defense, and then vice versa, the Rams offense versus Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. So uh, the keys for the Patriots on offense, my keys, busy Patriots keys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need we're gonna have, we want Brady to have a boring game. Yeah. When Probably I say not going to happen, but yeah. well, no. What I'm saying is, this is this is what the Patriots want to happen. Mm-hmm. When I say have a boring game, I mean we want Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead to be taking those handoffs, ripping uh-huh. off those three, four yards of carry. We want him nickel and diamond down the field. You know, nothing flashy, <laughs> just kind of nickel and diamond, getting that ball out quick to neutralize that defensive line. Yeah, and we want him to keep that Rams offense off the field long. Time-consuming drive, you know, boring. Hand it off, dump it <laughs> offshore. You know, just you know, first down after first down after first down. But if you're the Rams' defense, you want to force turnovers. Oh they, yeah, they rank third in takeaways, and you want to rush Brady without trying to blitz too much. Because if you blitz too much, he will pick you apart. He's gonna. He ain't gonna be boring, Brady. He, <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna take it deep. And uh, 
like I said, I, I've already touched on, you know, Aaron Donald and Dominic and, and that Rams defensive line. Yeah. Uh they gotta get through the solid the the offensive line of the Patriots. The way the way they've been playing, you know, no one's touched Brady. And and no. when they and when they do touch him, they get a rough in the passer call. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they they've gotta find a way to get some pressure on him. Yeah. Um and go ahead with the other uh Okay, so the Rams, when they got the ball, they gotta get Todd Gurley going. Where you been, Todd? <laughs> where, 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 you, where you been? That's you, fair. <laughs> you got to get Todd Gurley going. Um, again, going back to the Patriots secondary, 11th most passing yards. You know, give Jared Goff time to be able to attack the secondary. But uh, and if you're the Patriots defense, keep it clean. You played mm-hmm. excellent in the first half against Kansas City. Keep it clean. Limit the penalties. Stay fundamentally sound. They got to stop the run. And I, I thought this stat was interesting. And don't fall for the play-action pass. One uh, Over one-third of Jerry Goff's passes have come off play-action this year. So they love, they love to throw off play-action pass. So stay fundamentally sound and, and don't fall for the play-action pass. Ball up that run game, and you can have yourself a nice game if you do that. Huh. Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with each team's uh, just what they need to do and not doing offensively or defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, what the Patriots need to do and kind of what the Saints practically did uh, was shut down the run game for the Rams. Because you get Todd Gurley or C.J. Anderson going, you know, they, could, they, they love that play-action offense. That's, yeah. that's how they make their money is with the play-action offense because once they – once they start, you know, rolling on the on the runs, you know, you'll get, you know, you start anticipating, it and that's when they hit you for those big plays down the field. So you stop those runs early, you'll mm-hmm. see you see a lot less of those play action passes and everything, and uh, I, that's what they have to do to, you know, stop. I think to stop this Rams offense, and for the Rams, like you touched on, they need pressure. You know, I touched on, you know, Indominus Sue and Aaron uh, Donald. You know that also comes down with Dante Fowler coming off the edge as well. Yeah, yeah. You know they have they have the they have a front four that can just they, they don't even need the blitz. Frankly, they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know if they have to send Mark Barron there on the side on a little linebacker cornerback blitz, whatever he plays, I don't know what he plays anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Dude's wearing twenty five out there. He, they list him as a linebacker. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but. If you give Brady time, and you got to be able to disguise the blitzes too, because if you're just coming off, Brady's going to know where you're blitzing from right at the beginning of the, right before you even oh, snap the ball. Oh yeah, he, he's, that, I mean he's seen it all. He he knows what you're doing. How, he knows that's what you how good. Do. That's how good Brady is. And yeah, he nickel dives on the field, but that's because he knows he can do it. And honestly, that's the best way to make a living, and that's the best way to stay from stay from getting knocked on the ground. Well, in this game, he, that's what he needs to do. Yeah, nickel and diamond down the field. Take, take what all. they're giving you. <laughs> but the Rams definitely need, you know, and don't if you can't get to the quarterback, put your hands up, bat a couple balls down because, you know, they have some skilled guys in the linebacking and secondary, you know, to pick those balls off if they're bad because they got some good makeup speed, you know. Um, well, but like I said, they the the Rams defense they were third in takeaways this year, so they can they can get the ball. Yeah, but so we're gonna go with our predictions as my voice cracks. predictions. <laughs> 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 But go ahead with your prediction and tell me why. Um, I'm going to Patriots, 35 to 31. 
Okay. Uh, simply, I think you just, I think it, at the end of the day, you just cannot discount the experience versus inexperience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to the Patriots, for them, this is another game. This is, I mean, it was not just another game, but as far as like they're, they, they've been there. I, I just think that uh, they're going to win just experience. I'm just mm-hmm. going like that, you know, obviously the things I talked about is what things I think they're going to do, but yeah, uh, I think the key factor is going to be their experience in, in this game. Okay. So like talking about the Patriots, like every Super Bowl that they've lost, the three Super Bowls that they lost, they were in the game mm-hmm. every single time. And, Brady led drives to win the game every single time. Uh, the year where they were 18-1, and one, you know, Brady led a drive with like two and a half minutes left for the, for the Giants, and they had to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, David Tyree makes a great, uh, great catch, and they I'm lead. I'm pretty, pretty sure that was his only reception he ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and then you leave Plexico Burris one-on-one, 6-8, like gets a five – like five seven corner, yeah. Who, yeah, who's gonna win that matchup? <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the second game. You know, Brady does it again, and you know, David uh, Mario Manningham makes another in- cra- crazy catch for the Giants, and they score a touchdown. And they practically left Tom Brady with almost no no time to even get a decent drive going. If they leave a minute on the clock, Brady Brady finds a way to score. Yeah. And then last year. Last year, Brady had a chance, and he got no protection and got uh, Brandon Graham forces a fumble, which didn't end the game. But, you know, they had to, they, they, were up, they, they brought him up by eight, and at that point, all they had to do was a Hail Mary to win the game. So the people who like to talk smack about Brady not being as clutch as he, they, they think he is, why don't you check the record straight? Like, look at the drives that he had to come <laughs> to, like, in those games for him to take the lead, for them to be up. It's not his fault his defense is letting up these dang points. So <laughs> he had the most passing yards last year of any quarterback. The Patriots only punted once, and they yeah, still he, lost he the game. for 500 yards. <laughs> and they still lost the game. So I'm going to go with you. I'm thinking past 38-35. I think it's going to be another. Okay, so we think in similar type games. Yeah, I think, I'm thinking more of another high-scoring back-and-forth kind of game. But, yeah. you know, given Tom Brady's record, I think, man, he's just, he's just crazy. Uh, to me, he's the GOAT. Like, it doesn't, like, you can bring up whatever you want. He's going to end up breaking all these passing records, you know, that people are talking about. I don't care what Drew, how long Drew Brees is going to play for or whatnot. I mean, Drew Brees has to have playoff success to, for me, me to even consider him being a goat. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Drew, Drew Brees is definitely up there, but he he's nowhere he's nowhere near uh, he's what near. Tom Brady is right yeah. now. Uh, any chance? So we both got Patriots winning, so that mm-hmm. means it's going to happen. So no need to even watch the Super Bowl now. Yeah. Um, well, you know so, how our predictions go; we're usually so, wrong. So after the Patriots win, uh, any any chance? Belichick, Brady, no, uh, retire, no, no, no chance. I know no. there's some talk of uh, uh, Gronk, but he's not. I mean, he's he's instrumental in the Patriots' success, but he's not. You know, Belichick well, or Brady. Here's the thing with that with Gronk. People are saying he had a down year, and he, yeah, statistically, yes. But if you look at the way they ran their offense this year, it was mostly run oriented. And as far as like tight ends are concerned, they're basically an extension of the line. Yeah, and I had an argument with somebody earlier this week about 
who is the greatest tight end. I said Gronk for the pure reason that he is a mismatch as a receiver, and he's a dominant, I mean dominant run blocker. Mm-hmm. Like, you can literally put him <clears throat> on any key pass rusher, defensive tackle, what have you, and he will manhandle that person one-on-one. The, pers- the person you were having this discussion with, who did they say? Uh, they said Tony Gonzalez, but Tony Gonzalez was not a good blocker. I thought they were. Going, I thought uh, for some reason I had it in my head. I was like, they're gonna say Jason Witten. <laughs> that was like fifth on their list. I, uh, I couldn't argue against that, but yeah, like, Gronk is just nobody can fight off Gronk, man. No, nobody no. can. No, and I he's, I, he's got that bro strength. The only player I consider being better. <laughs> There's only two players I considered, you know, maybe being better. And that was John Mackey and Mike Ditka. Those are the only two that I consider maybe being better. But I still think Gronk has, has like, the physical attributes. And he's a smart he – he he makes the craziest catches, man. Like, I don't care what you say. Well, like, that, that catch he made uh, in, the, in the AFC Championship game down the sideline. Yep. I mean – Over that, Eric Berry, by the way. Yeah. Not, a slot, not a slot defensive back, by the way. Yeah. That I mean, that was a hell. That was a hell of a play all around. <laughs> and he did it again on another third down conversion where he thought he was going for the fade, and he slipped and made it into a slant and just fooled him. His mm-hmm. route running just fooled him. So like, whenever people have this argument with me, come ahead. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna back down. I still think Gronk is the greatest tight end ever played. You, you know, another intangible huh. that I think that the that that has given the Patriots an edge mm. is uh. So when Tom Brady does decide to retire, he needs to be like a motivational speaker or oh yeah or something because you have a team. Now I get it; they probably didn't have the the regular season that we're used to seeing the Patriots have. But everyone knew if you're honest with yourself as a football fan, unbiased football fan, you knew come late January we were going to have the, the Patriots were going to be in the discussion. And I mean, you have a team that had the best odds to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and as the season progressed, never dropped below the fifth worst odds to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tom Brady has convinced them and everyone around this franchise that everybody thinks they suck. <laughs> he, he has convinced them that, I mean, you hear it with Julian Edelman yelling at him, you know, you're too old. Yeah. And, and after his first playoff game, him like, you know, Everyone thinks that we suck and we can't win any game. He he has convinced the Patriots franchise and fan base that the entire the entire NFL universe ah uh, they're washed up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that I mean he truly convinced them of that. And they they are playing even as a favorite. They're yeah. playing with a chip on their shoulder. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean. Now, the whole there's only been two years where they didn't make the playoffs. That was the year after they won the Super Bowl in 2002. You know, Brady's full, first full year starting, right? Mm-hmm. Give him a little bit of a break, and then the year he <laughs> tore, and then the year he tore his ACL on the second drive of the game. Like, yeah. So I mean, why do people sleep on him? I don't know. There's there's a reason why he's been the nine Super Bowls, and you know, if he plays again next year, you know, maybe another four peat. But now, I mean, now the, <laughs> like I said, the guy, the guy has, I mean, 
that that clip of Julian Edelman just trips me out every time I see it. You know, <laughs> you're, you're too old. old. You're too effing old. <laughs> well, what what what's so inspiring about Tom Brady is that two years ago when they were playing the Falcons in the Super Bowl, like they're down twenty eight to three. Yeah, and he is still like he's put he was still putting belief that they could win the game. And what that what and people were and I was, I can't I was at a, I think I hosted a Super Bowl party. And people were like, you know, just not even paying attention. Like, you guys watch. This is going to turn into a game real quick. And well, then... the, thing, the thing with NFL games in general, uh, most of them, I would say at least 90%, have a tendency to get close, uh-huh. like, in the second half. Like, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. Like, you can see a team's up 21 to nothing, 28 to 3 or whatever at halftime. That game's going to be within 10 points. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have a tendency to get themselves close anyway. So that's, you know, you're, you're exactly right. When I was watching that game, I was like, this game's going to get close. You're, everybody's writing them off. Falcon, no, go ahead and give Falcons the Lombardi trophy and all that. This game's going to get close. Yeah. And, and it did. And, you know, Tom Brady did his thing. Yeah. But I think that's all we got for this week, folks. Uh, we'll catch you guys again on Monday. We'll recap the game. And we'll talk about Maroon 5. And we'll talk about Maroon Five. You know. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of actually excited to hear Big Boy play. <laughs> a, I love Outcast, so you know, like yeah. he, if he brings Andre Three Thousand, I will literally shit bricks. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so that's our show for the, this week, folks. We'll catch you again on Monday with the recap and uh, you know, uh, for, for fluffy all, all the all the plugs, you know, you know, the Facebook, Instagram now. Instagram, search us, Fluffy Fizzy Sports Lounge, at Fluffy Fizzy on Twitter. Uh, like our network, at PulsePodNet on Twitter. Um, like, pride. share, like, share, uh, retweet, you know, hug, kiss, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Yo, you're going to get us a separate case. <laughs> People don't know what that is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> But for Phil Cindy Barton, I'm Drew Fluffy Coach. You guys drink responsibly and have a great weekend and catch you guys again on Monday. All right. Cheers, guys.